Women in Wellbeing is an Evans Center podcast, highlighting emotional well-being and mental health through Jewish sources and interviews with experts and activists. Our host, Karen Muller-Jackson, is a certified Matan Marala Halakha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kifun Lashirut Guidance Program for Religious Girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Just as the mikvah waters create the opportunity for renewal, we hope the insights shared here will serve as a springboard for discussion and rejuvenation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Eden Center Women and Wellbeing Podcast. The theme of this month's podcast is transitions. Tammuz is a transitional month as the summer begins, and on the Jewish calendar as well, we mark the beginning of the three weeks. Women also go through transitions in their lives, and today I will be talking with Tali Ginsberg, a physical therapist who has much wisdom about experiencing the transition to menopause. As always, to begin, I will share some Torah thoughts on times of transition. The Talmud and Jewish law talk about the time of day known as Bena Shmashot, twilight, as a time of transition. The Jewish day begins at nightfall, but when does nightfall begin? The time between Shkia, sunset, and Seita Kochavim, nightfall, is what is called Bena Shmashot, or twilight. This time period can be longer or shorter depending on where one is located in the world. In halachic sources, it raises questions about what day it is during this time, Benash Mashot. Midrashic sources add an element of religious significance and symbolism to this time of day. Benash Mashot comes up in the discussions in Hilchot Shabbat. The Gemara in Shabbat teaches that twilight is a period of uncertainty, safik. It is uncertain whether it consists of both day and night, it is uncertain whether it is completely day, and it is uncertain whether it is completely night. Therefore, the sages impose the stringencies, the chumras, of both days upon it. This is why Benash Mashot is considered part of Shabbat on Friday and on Saturday night. This is in addition to a separate mitzvah of Tosefet Shabbat. Benash Mashot also comes up in the halachot of Nida. The Hefseg Tara, for instance, the internal bedika check, which marks the transition from Tuma to Bechazkat Tahara, so that a woman can start counting the seven clean days, is best done before Bein Hashmashot. However, if a woman does her Hefseg during the beginning of Bein Hashmashot, it raises a significant halachic question. Was, was this time, was this bedika considered done during daytime or not? This requires consultation with an expert, as it depends how many minutes into Bein Hashmashot this was done and how long Bein Hashmashot is in this woman's geographic location. This ambiguity, this lack of clarity, the safek, is very much the character of this transitional time of day we call Bein Hashmashot. Times of ambiguity in general, of safek, and of transition have the potential for risk as well as for positive change. We'll see that this is expressed in the Midrashic sources on Bein Hashmashot. Pirkei Avot teaches in chapter 5, Mishnah 6, that Bein Hashmashot in particular on Erev Shabbat is a miraculous time. On the twilight of the first Erev Shabbat of Bereshit, certain magical or miraculous elements were created, such as, for example, the mouth of Miriam's well, the man, Moshe's staff, and other things. This midrash associates tremendous potential with this transitional time of day. 
Other midrashim highlight the potential risks at not noticing that Bein HaShemashot has begun. One, of the, one example of this is found in the Talmud in Ketubot, which shares seven stories of sages who were expected home by their wives, yet did not arrive. These stories serve as a warning to sages who are passionate about Torah learning that they should not become so engrossed that they forget their conjugal duties to their wives. One story is about Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Chia, who was regularly seen going home every Erev Shabbat, specifically at twilight, Bein Hashmashot, just before twilight, with a pillar of fire preceding him. One Shabbat, he forgot to come home because he was so engrossed in his Torah learning. His father-in-law presumed him to be dead because of Yehuda's devotion to the mitzvah of Onah. And because of this presumption, Yehuda died. This embellished Agadah wishes to serve as a warning to rabbis, not to forget about their intimate relationships with their wife. It also highlights that Benesh Mashot can be a time of vulnerability as well as opportunity to be mindful and proactive. Just as Benesh Mashot is a time of transition from one day to another, perimenopause and menopause mark a transition in a woman's life and body. Benesh Mashot in the sources is viewed as a time of safek, of halachic doubt, a time of vulnerability and risk, as well as a time with potential for proactive change and renewal, just as was associated with the creation story. So too, the years approaching menopause, with all of the physical and emotional changes and challenges, can be thought of in a similar way. It can be a time with potential for risks, vulnerability, and setbacks. Yet with the right preparation, education, and resources, as well as the right state of mind, it can be a time of proactive change and growth. Women, as well, go through transitions in our lives. Today, we're going to talk about the transition of menopause in our lives. This is also particularly timely for the Eden Center, since the Eden Center's menopause booklet is coming out soon. Menopause can be an uncertain time for every woman. There is very little public discussion about the changes one experiences, whether it's physical, emotional, or sexual. As a result, it is often challenging to access full information about what is happening in one's own body, what is considered normal, and what needs attention, which is why this is such an important topic to talk about. With menopause, observant women go through another major change with the end of our mikvah going days. This can evoke an assortment of feelings from loss and disappointment to freedom, excitement, and opportunity. Many women have expressed the desire to mark the transition formally through a special final immersion in the mikvah. Eden's menopause booklet will serve as a celebration of this life transition. It will join a long history of women's prayers and trinot marking life cycle occasions in a uniquely female way. In addition to providing information about changes common in menopause and tips for maintaining a healthy intimate relationship, there are several personal reflections and options for a framework for immersion to mark the transition into menopause. Eden will also be hosting programs, educational programming on this in the fall. If you'd like to contribute a poem or personal reflection, feel free to contact Naomi at the EdenCenter.com. There are also a number of opportunities for sponsorship still available. So again, be in touch with Naomi, the director of the Eden Center. Now I would like to turn back to our podcast and welcome 
Holly, who is with us to talk about menopause and the different aspects of this transition in a woman's life. Tali Ginsberg is a physical therapist, U.S. and Israel certified, specializing in pelvic floor dysfunction, lymphedema, and orthopedics. She runs a private women's clinic in Jerusalem, providing attentive, timely, and individualized care in a comfortable atmosphere. So hi, Tali. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Menopause is a time of change, as we've mentioned already, a time of change in a woman's life and a woman's body. It has physical as well as emotional aspects. What kind of transitions do you see on a physical or emotional level when you're working with women at this stage of life? Uh, Well, I'm going to actually start with the physical aspects because as a physical therapist, uh, that's what I encounter uh, hands-on in my clinic. And um, what I hear a lot of women uh, saying is that they're having sleep issues, um, their metabolism's changed, weight gain issues, joint problems. um, And uh, a lot of times it's just a period in life when a lot of health issues come together. Um, And um, really there's a lot that can be done to help women through the physical aspects, through these symptoms of, it's actually more perimenopause where I, where I see women coming in with complaints and uh, health complaints and really like from age 40 to 50, um, these issues really become prominent and um, I'm trying to help women find solutions and every woman has like her own, you know, tips and, and uh, ways that they can help, that we can help with these symptoms. Um, and from that also, it always blends into the emotional side of leaving behind your child uh, bearing years, of moving into a new phase of life of searching for purpose uh, now that children are less in the center or perhaps moving more into career-focused center uh, like period of, of, of time. Um, so um, I think it comes definitely as a package together. Um, and where I can help most is in the physical aspects. And often in the physical aspects, the most that I can do is just um, refer out to a good, uh, good uh, f- a gynecologist or somebody who can help ease some of the symptoms or just refer back to the family doctor, but with some specific questions that can help the women um, like get a better handle on the symptoms that they're experiencing. Wow. Very interesting. So in your personal experience, working with women who are going through perimenopause or menopause, um, what do you, what do you really see most? Let's get a little more specific. What do you see most among your patients as the the most common concerns? Uh, You mentioned a little bit the weight gain and um, I think the end of the childbearing years is probably a little more emotional. Uh, You also mentioned going to the, uh, sometimes going on medication. Um, What, what are other, what, what are the different range of options for how to overcome some of these concerns? Okay, well, I'll talk about the non-medical options, not medication options. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of techniques in yoga that can help with hot flashes, that can help with uh, sleep, uh, sleep issues. So um, using physical exercise as a way to relieve stress and uh, increase like hours of sleep, 
and reduce hot flashes is kind of where I can specifically give prescriptions to women. Um, there's several breathing techniques that can help uh, with cooling down. Also, just education, understanding that, um, you know, what part of your brain is in control of uh, thermoregulation and just literally using visual imagery to try and cool down that part of the brain um, through breathing, through imagining like cool minty air reaching that part of the brain uh, can often help with hot flashes and with feelings of stress um, and just feelings of being overwhelmed. That's like where the emotional meets the physical. Um, and then using yoga and walking and just daily exercise also as a way to release stress, relieve stress and uh, help women sleep deeper. Um, sleep hygiene is also really important. Just very basic uh, tips that you would give anybody with sleep issues, but just repeating it and helping women incorporate it into their lives. What, are, um, what is sleep hygiene? Can you elaborate on okay, that? Sleep hygiene <laughs> is really important. It means that you leave the cell phones outside of the bedroom and you choose an hour often before when you're used to going to bed, like before you're actually tired to get into your bed. Um, it means not looking at the clock when you wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, it means having techniques that calm you in the middle of the night mm. to assist, um, like to help you fall back to sleep. Um, just a, personally, I recommend boring literature, not really boring. That's not fair to say calming <laughs> literature, if you like specific recommendations. I would say wind in the willows or Ginat Bar, Mayor Shalev's book about gardening, anything that really puts you in a very, very, very calm headspace, um, is, is helpful for getting back to sleep. Um, and uh, ask another question and I'll tell you more. <laughs> you know, I'm smiling because I actually just got back from the States yesterday and I'm dealing with jet lag and I'm thinking so many of these tips. I mean, I'm also at the stage of life where this is becoming very relevant for me, but, uh, it's also great for <laughs> as I exactly. woke up at 4am this morning. I'm going to use some of these tonight. So thank okay, you. Okay, good. good, good. <laughs> um, so oh. yeah. Oh, I would also say, though, I, I'm not against medication in the sense that if a woman's telling me her symptoms and, and it's, it's really controlling her life rather than her being in control, then I absolutely say go talk to your gynecologist, discuss hormone replacement therapy um, for, for more specific pelvic floor issues. Sometimes an estrogen cream is incredibly helpful, um, like a vaginal estrogen cream can help with uh, urinary leakage or other symptoms that come around this time period. Um, so that's also part of the discussion. Absolutely. Wow. I love how openly you're, we're talking about all of this. It's, it's, it's great. Thank you. Uh, so, and what about, um, have you seen women also find that they have sort of heightened anxiety? I mean, it's all mixed up because it might also be going along with some of the things you said, you know, children growing up, changes in general. Um, but something I've read a bit about that. And that's also something, is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a time of life that is very, uh, very turbulent, mm -hmm. um, anxiety. It, it's not only like emotion-based anxiety. It also comes along with the hormonal changes that the body's going through. Um, and again, like the techniques I'm recommending, it's to lower stress. When I say stress, I mean, stress 
and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Stress and anxiety and depression um, are absolutely part of a woman's journey um, through perimenopause. Not all women, but it's very, very common to have these sensations, along with the fact that your children are growing up and leaving the home, along with the fact that you're reconsidering um, your relationship with your partner at this point in life because of the changes in the home situation. So it's really a a very, I'm going to say, interesting time in life. I think it gets branded poorly. I think um, there's there's really bad marketing. And if you look on WebMed, it sounds like you hit menopause and you're just uh, you're just a zombie, like your boobs fall and you can't sleep and you have hot flashes and your bones deteriorate and you have higher rates of cancer and higher rates of heart disease. And when I work with women, I do not see that. I frequently ask women who are in their 70s and 80s what they remember about this period in their lives. And many of them uh, talk actually about the a time of strengthening of great greater self-esteem and also in studies the ages, um, the decade between 50 and 60 is when women and men hit their peak of self-esteem. So I think if you look statistically, yes, there are health issues that are exacerbated now. But if you talk to women who have lived through it, strong women who are out in the world and doing what they love to do, they actually see this time period as very, um, I'll say maybe liberating or 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 a time of growth, a time of, of, of experiencing them, their, their selfhood in a new way. Wow. This is absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Uh, which is a perfect transition into my next question. Um, there are a lot of conflicting emotions when women enter perimenopause, menopause. Um, uh, we, we're going to turn now a little bit also to the, to the, from orthodox, orthodox female experience. Some women feel excited uh, to be able to stop going to the mikvah. Others may feel a loss at the end of fertility, as you mentioned, or experience a sense of mourning at um, losing an important part of oneself in the mikvah ritual. Um, uh, at the same time, by contrast, you may feel excited about ex- exploring new opportunities, having flexibility, fewer obligations. Um, I think women sometimes, uh, you know, some women do better with change. Others uh, are a bit more resistant. And so um, suddenly losing the stability of a cycle, a monthly cycle, which women have for such a huge chunk of their lives can be, uh, can be settling, can be unsettling. Um, so what have you seen with this? What are the kind of emotions? Um, there's obviously a physical aspect and an emotional aspect here. Um, what are you seeing? And what do you think about this range of conflicting experiences and emotions? Uh, so I really feel like perimenopause is a roller coaster. And it very much depends how the woman approaches this. If uh, you come at it with an attitude of acceptance, as in, Today, I feel this way. Tomorrow, I might be feeling another way. That's okay. Everything is okay. And it's just a process and a natural process. Um, I think you can weather the, the, the tougher points uh, more easily. If, uh, if these changes cause, cause a reaction of uh, anxiety or a desire to, to, to minimize or to, to ignore um, what's like the turbulence and the changes and the really also hormonal and also circumstantial, um, then I think there's more um, difficulty 
in this period of transition. And like you said, every woman approaches it differently. Some women don't notice it's happening. I think it's very much parallel to puberty where some girls um, really think about it and are in it. And, and, and it's a, it's a very major life experience. And for other girls, it just happens. And, you know, they get their period, they start, they start a new phase of their life, but it doesn't um, totally change their world around. So menopause, I think is really similar in that sense. And, and when we're talking about menopause, I really think we're talking about perimenopause. When we talk about menopause, we're already in the after, Mm -hmm. meaning that you've reached an island of stability after a very, very long period of instability. And I think hitting menopause can can actually feel like a relief for for most women um, because you've got all those years to deal with uh, the loss of, of fertility and and change. And then to reach that new plateau um, can be very uh, beneficial for women's well-being. Um, now how to navigate the, the turbulence to that point, that's the, that's the question. That's where like the, your, your life approach really, really makes a difference. Um, and that's when taking care of yourself really makes a difference. Women who acknowledge that this is happening to them and they talk about it and they take the time to take care of themselves generally feel pretty good. And uh, they make decisions that are going to affect the health, their health in the long run, meaning this really is the decade um, between 40 to 50, where you decide what your old age is going to look like. And women who take the time to be in touch with what's happening to their bodies and be in touch with their emotions and uh, take the time to, to deal with all the emotions um, that they're experiencing um, really set a great pattern for, for later in life as well. Wow, this is so informative and interesting. I'm so excited to share this with my friends. Uh, it's, al- it's almost as though we talk about these things and now so much of it's coming together in a much more concrete and, uh, and um, helpful and positive way. Um, by the way, perimenopause can, can start before 40 for in, in a minority of cases, right? Because I've, I've spoken to some, a few women who have uh, wondered about that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, definitely. I'm talking just about average ages average, and average yeah. age for menopause is 51 and menopause and average age for perimenopause is uh, 42 till 51, 40 to 51. So, so to wrap up, uh, what, do you, what you've given so many great tips and so many pieces of important information. What would you say is the single most important thing that a woman can do to take care of herself? Uh, toward menopause in this perimenopause phase? Okay, so I would really encourage women um, to, like I said, take care of themselves. That means on the technical level, have a good healthcare provider that you can discuss these issues with. Do the screenings for cancer, um, make sure uh, for osteoporosis, things that physically might be changing. You want to be on top of it. You want to be on top of it early. Uh, my other major recommendation is to consider your lifestyle, consider how much stress you, you're under, um, how much activity you're doing and strive to lower your stress and increase your activity um, so that you can really like shine at the end of the decade. I really am inspired by women who come here and who are 86 and are super active and you hear these statistics, but in reality, you're, you're shaping your, your future. And this is really the decade where, because your metabolism is slowing down, because your body is changing, 
you want to do the most that you can do for yourself to feel good. And that means nutrition, mental well-being, and physical well-being. And uh, just give yourself the time and, and, and put some uh, thought into those topics now so that you can really be your best self moving, moving into the menopausal years. Thank you so much, Tali, for this incredible discussion. Uh, what a great way to mark the beginning of uh, the, the publishing of the Eden booklet on menopause. And um, so excited that this podcast can help raise awareness for women at the end through the Eden Center um, about this transition uh, and uh, really just help us um, approach it in a knowledgeable and positive way and realistic way. Uh, so, so really thank you and Chodesh Tov. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It was really a pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks. Very much our pleasure. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe.